Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Thursday afternoon, the 12th of March. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. If you are like us, you might ask yourself the question, so what does a sports talk show talk about when there's no sports? That is a reasonable question, and it's one that we are working to uh, navigate through ourselves. We're glad to be with you this afternoon I want to remind you that the C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395 is the number, 601-879-4395. Avoid the waiting room with C Spire Health. Download the telehealth app today and get treated by UMMC clinicians from your phone. Now just $29 per visit for everyone. C Spire Health, anyone in Mississippi can get treatment for non-emergency conditions like fever, coughing, and more. Even have prescriptions sent to your local pharmacy. Download C Spire Health, the app, and try it for just $29 per visit. That is a reduced rate for all Mississippians, not just for C Spire customers. You can learn more at cspirehealth.com. So it's uh, good to be with you this afternoon. I said yesterday when we were talking that I, I feel like surreal is sometimes a word that is overused, but I do think it's probably an appropriate word on this Thursday as we look around the country and, frankly, we look around the world and realize that sports, which for many of us is a passion, for some of us is a living, for lots of people it is an escape, sports have come to a stop, to a grinding halt, with the exception of the PGA Tour where they are playing the Players' Championship in Ponte Vedra Beach uh, right now. So maybe we'll have some golf news, Uh, although even with that particular event, the announcement came just a little while ago that uh, no fans would be in attendance for the Friday, Saturday, or Sunday rounds of the players. Thanks for being with us, Michael Borky. A a crazy 24 hours, and it really feels like yesterday, about the time we began the show, is when the dominoes really started to fall. Yeah, and then uh, what was it about? Mm, 8.45, 8.30, 8.45 last night is when things really uh, exploded with the, the news breaking that Rudy Gobert of the Jazz had the coronavirus, and then as we find out, he passed it off to his teammate because he was being careless uh, about his illness. I think that was when this thing went to went from, wow, this is a crazy story. We might have arenas without fans in them for the NCAA tournament to... Sports are about to shut down for a while. I think that was the tipping point. I even told my wife the second that news broke, and it's over. I mean, we had plans to go to Memphis in two weeks to see New Orleans play at Memphis and see uh, her brother and, and do some family stuff up there, and I t- it, it was over. The second the news broke that a player 
had the virus and they were quarantining teams and all of that, that was when I knew that that sports were done for a little while. You got the announcement uh, yesterday that the uh, remainder of the SEC tournament after last night's games would be without spectators at Bridgestone Arena. And then this morning, uh, uh, again, uh, using... Uh, an, an analogy that's been used over and over. The dominoes began to fall first at the Big Ten tournament, announcing that it would uh, would be canceling the tournament, that they would not play anymore in Indianapolis. And then in fairly rapid succession, you got the announcements from uh, basically every conference in the, uh, in the country. You also have the news from a baseball standpoint, uh, well, and, and SEC specifically, all spring sports, all athletic competitions – uh, involving Southeastern Conference teams are now suspended until May uh, March 30th at the earliest. So there will be no athletic competition um, between schools between now and March 30th at the uh, the very earliest. I will tell you, we've got a, a couple of guests coming up this afternoon. Charlie Hussey, who is the uh, Deputy Commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, will join us in about 20 minutes. We'll talk with him at 3.30 Really interested to talk with Charlie about what the flow of information was like as they sat around yesterday with athletics directors and administrators and uh, you know probably in conjunction with university presidents as they were working through all of this. What was it like when the information was coming in? What was the information that they were receiving? What ultimately went into the decisions that they were making? Were they making those decisions in a vacuum as to what was best for the SEC? Or was there communication among the leagues? Was everybody kind of getting on the same page? Uh, you know, was the Rudy Gobert announcement in the NBA last night was that was that the tipping point for coronavirus in sports? So we'll get into that with him. Keith Carter, athletics director at Ole Miss, will join us to uh, to start the four o'clock hour. We'll talk specifically about the uh, the impact that uh, this has on Ole Miss athletics. My hope is that uh, we will be able to uh, catch up with John Cohen uh, maybe tomorrow afternoon. Still, uh, still got to work on that and uh, talk with him hopefully as well. Hey, Dad. Um, sometimes in sports, say what now? Oh, that's right. I mentioned Hey, Dad earlier. I forgot that he was off today. Good day to be scheduled uh, off. Not a whole lot going on. So uh, I'll not ask Hey, Dad a question. I will. Uh, I'll direct that to you, Rippy. Sometimes uh, in sports, we use unprecedented. Yeah, you know, oh, we've never seen anything like this before. But the reality is, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this specifically before. No. Really rolling today. Well, you've no. been out of here for a few days. Your mic was turned off. No, I don't. I mean, I don't remember anything close to this. It was weird watching television, watching the news last night because you'd flip from a game, which they weren't really talking about it that much, and then Sports Center. That was really all they had on. But as Borky mentioned, and like, it really escalated with the NBA thing. After that, the, the last, what I guess that's twenty-ish hours at this point, nineteen twenty hours has been kind of insane how quickly this has moved along. Yeah, and Borky, you and I were talking earlier today. This is obviously different than it would have been a decade ago because of the connectivity that we all have through social media, whether you're talking about Twitter or Instagram 
or Facebook or you know some other platform that I'm not necessarily a part of, information is disseminated at a rapid pace. And so Twitter is kind of the primary social media platform that, that I use and that we use for the show. And so I was trying to kind of think back in the, the Twitter timeline, like like the, the arc of time that Twitter has been in existence. Is there an event that has sparked this volume of news and I could only come up with one thing. Now, you probably can come up with other ideas. But I was thinking back to the Sunday night when Osama bin Laden was... It wasn't captured. He was killed uh, by American forces. And it was, I don't know, 8 or 9 o'clock. I remember we'd kind of gone to bed early that night. And I was sitting there kind of flipping through my phone. And all of a sudden, there was rumor. And then there was... Everything that went along with it. You told me you were a freshman in college when that happened. Um, yeah, it was, I can't think of another Twitter event that has sparked this kind of a volume of news. Yeah, I mean, and think about how long ago that was. That was nine years ago. Going on nine years. Wow. I mean, just crazy how time flies. But yeah, I can't think of one. I mean, when you think back however long you've been alive i wasn't alive when the oj thing happened but when you when you look at uh life events that have occurred since i was born 28 years ago to now i cannot remember even just a news cycle that occurred so quickly since september 11th uh, of just a, a the rapid ascension of new information that came so quickly and the difference between now and then, too, is, as you've mentioned, social media. We didn't have, you know, Twitter or Facebook back then. It was everybody was sitting in front of a television screen watching it play out in real time. Now, instead, if you are away from social media for an hour, you've missed an entire news cycle, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, so I can't think of anything since then. And then... At, the Osama bin Laden thing is, is a fantastic comparison because that kind of happened quickly too, right? It, I mean, just news broke and suddenly, boom, this explosion of information and, and just stuff and then the partying that followed after that. I mean, the people celebrating in the streets. I've never in my lifetime, though, seen anything evolve the way this has in 24 hours. James asks a question on the... Um on the ceasefire text line, he said, Richard, can you give some perspective from a professional major network commentator, anything you can share from the SEC network or ESPN? Uh, yeah, I, I will, I'll do that when we come back. And we'll get to a bunch of uh, your comments as well. Somebody mentioned September 11th, and, and I agree that, that is, that's still the single most newsworthy day of our lifetimes, if, if you were alive when that happened. But I think this is different, and maybe we'll get into some of the differences coming up as well. Charlie Hussey from the SEC at 3.30, Keith Carter at 4.05. Lots of your text and a lot to get into this afternoon. It's Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi and streaming online at supertalk.fm. If you're not plugged into Twitter right now, you probably haven't seen this. It's only in the last couple of minutes, and... For the it's just sports crowd. I mean, I guess there's some out of there. 
you may laugh at this reaction. I just feel like I was punched in the gut. Here's the re- the release from the NCAA. NCAA President Mark Emmert and the Board of Governors canceled the Division I men's and women's 2020 basketball tournaments as well as all remaining winter and spring NCAA championships. This decision is based on the evolving COVID-19 public health threat, our ability to ensure the events do not contribute to spread uh, to the spread of the pandemic, and the impracticality of hosting such events at any time during this academic year, given ongoing decisions by other entities. Well, no March Madness, no College World Series, no regionals, no super regionals. Which, look, I mean, I'm only reading between the lines here. That makes me believe we are headed toward the college baseball season has been canceled. Well, that's a spring championship. Isn't no, I, no, I understand. I mean, like, theoretically, I guess you could continue to play the regular season, but what would be the point? Why would, why would they not announce it as a postponement, then, instead of a cancellation? No, no, no. Uh, the, the championship piece of it is done. I guess my point is you could theoretically play the regular season, I see, but yeah. why would you play the regular season... For nothing, I mean, a conference championship trophy? I don't even really know how you put this in. I don't know how you... Good luck trying to contextualize it or frame it and do it to to the scale. And, Richard, you mentioned the, the... it's only sports people. Like, I don't mean to pile on one person, but whatever. Nicole Auerbach from The Athletic last night tweeted... Sports aren't that important. It's okay if we don't have games to entertain us for a little while. It's okay if we go through March without filling out a bracket. Imagine working in sports media and having that perspective on this. It's not well, about he, the games that, being that played is in the bracket. The most narrow and obtuse statement that could be made by somebody that works in the sports industry. Uh, of all people, it's not about the games and the final scores. It's about the people. And and the people are so numbered. The people are not just the players and the coaches and the support staff. The people are the folks that make minimum wage or slightly above and work the entrances to parking lots and are concession stand workers and are security personnel. The people are the local business owners in college communities all over the country whose businesses will be negatively impacted by sports going away for the remainder of the academic year. Look, I I, I don't want to be the guy that, that immediately talks about overreaction because we clearly have a very, very serious public health crisis in the United States and globally. That's why they called it a pandemic yesterday. A global academic epidemic is a pandemic. It's extremely serious. But if you look at the recovery period in South Korea, which is basically, you know, prior to this recent spread over the last 
handful of weeks, the only democratized nation that has had to deal with this, it was really bad for a relatively short period of time. They shut everything down for a couple of weeks, and now they are trending toward normalization. What? Why do you cancel everything? Is that is that a crazy question? No, the College World Series component that doesn't make any sense to me. What is so difficult about suspending play for a few weeks and then reassessing the situation? Because what if it does get better? What if you take a month off? That's four weekends. You can still complete a baseball season or a softball season have a postseason and do all of this with a small hiatus in the middle of the season? What if this does get better? What if everybody, the NBA, the NHL, NASCAR, all of these music tours, everybody shuts things down for a few weeks and then this gets under control? And then you could resume again and at least salvage something. Not about the games. Again, the more important component of this could be at least salvaged in some way if things do get better. So what is the harm in saying, hey, we can't play the basketball tournament, but the other spring, softball and baseball, we maybe could. Lacrosse, golf, tennis. tennis, um, I mean, the Olympic sports, I think. Let's wait. Take a few weeks. Be careful, and we'll see what happens. Maybe we could put these on after all. What is the harm in doing that? I don't understand that component at all. We're going to have to push back a little bit with uh, Charlie Hussey. As you can imagine, um, with the announcement that just came down from the NCAA, there's a lot that's happening right now. We're going to try to visit with him at um, about 3.45. may have to push it to later in the show or even until tomorrow. Um. Borky, I thought we had a plan coming into to today. I mean, I, I thought we were going to talk about all the cancellations, and I thought that we were going to talk about, you know, now we just have to kind of wait and see how this thing evolves over the next three weeks. And, you know, is there going to be a scenario where we can play college baseball, where softball can get rolling again around the 1st of April, sometime in the middle of April? But I find myself at a little bit of a loss right now. And sports is what we do. What we do with this radio show, it's what I do beyond the radio show with ESPN and the SEC Network. I wonder what the trickle-down effect is going to be for all of the youth sports leagues all over the country. I mean, are we about to shut down sports, period? Um... This feels like probably a moot point. Let me go back to James's question from uh, from before the break. He asked me for a little bit of perspective from kind of a broadcasting standpoint about what was going on, uh, like from the ESPN and SEC Network side of things. Um, that was from James in Hattiesburg. So at noon today, there was a conference call for all of the announcers and the production people uh, that are involved with ESPN's coverage of college baseball. And it basically was, we're still waiting on official word from conferences, but 
right now we're operating on the assumption that there's not going to be any baseball this weekend and for the foreseeable future. And stand by for more updates. Um, you know, the SEC basketball tournament was obviously unique last night. You had uh, the two games with Andy Kennedy and John Sunvold and Tom Hart and Alyssa Lang on the broadcast. You had basketball, but it was kind of all the other stories that were going on, and it turned into as much of a news event as it was a sporting event. So an email that I got this afternoon at 2.30 from uh, folks at ESPN said, at this point, 18 of 30 baseball conferences have officially suspended activities either indefinitely or until the final week of March. One conference, the Big 12, has left that decision up to the individual schools. That's obviously changing um, on an hour-by-hour basis. So that was, what, an hour ago. At that point, there were nine conferences who had suspended for at least three weeks. Um, Well, that was... It's all canceled. I mean... (laughs) Can we go through and read the conferences one by one? I mean, I, I can do that. It's all basically uh, the same thing. It's it's just mind blowing. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. That's the number for the C Spire text line. There are about a hundred text messages that you have sent in in the last ten minutes. We will begin to work our way through those when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online at supertalk.fm. It's a sad day for a lot of reasons, and and that's not just a sports thing. It's a sad day in the United States and globally. Sports Talk Mississippi with you Thursday afternoon, March 12th. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad is off today. Brian Scott Rippey in studio. Let's start to walk through some of your messages on the uh, C Spire text line. I'm going to kind of go back and try to do these chronologically in the way that they uh, they came in. Um, first message we got was, glad y'all are on. Was sure you'd be canceled. <laughs> We're not going anywhere, my friend. No, sir. We'll get creative, but we will still do this show every day. Derek in the Delta at a surface level, but this is okay. Look, I mean, that's the thing. There are levels to everything, and so I am not... To anybody that wants to say, but Ole Miss was doing so well, I'm not mad at you for that because that's real. It's But it's only one level. I mean, there's so many levels to what's going on right now. So here's what Derek says. Greatest start to Ole Miss baseball that we've ever seen, and I'm sick right now. Literally dang sick. will drown my sorrows tonight for sure. That's Derek in the Delta. Greg in Nettleton. This whole thing stinks to high heaven, in my opinion. uh, 2009-10 swine flu, 61,000 infected. Didn't cancel not one event. The media, again, has played this thing to the tilt. Panic button to the top. To the top. Thanks again, social media, and I better shut up. Thanks, Greg. Hal in Columbus. Starkville and Oxford both are taking a huge economic hit. It's really hard to fathom. It is. It's hard to wrap your mind around right now how big the hit is going to be economically. And it's not just Oxford and Starkville. It's Hattiesburg. Mm-hmm. It's 
Auburn, and Tuscaloosa. It's Fayetteville. It's Baton Rouge. Sickening. What do you think the impact that this will have on the betting community will be? That's from uh, Jason in Madison. That's something I haven't thought of yet. I mean, not to get all uh, Paul Gallo on us, but the first year of sports betting seemed to have gone very well. Now there's no sports to bet on. For the foreseeable future. Um, Yeah, golf and racing, but... Yeah. For now. Our our friends at uh, Pearl River Resort, we were scheduled to be there on Monday to kick off March Madness. That is very much in question at this point. Yet millions will continue to shop at Walmart doing self-checkout terminals and shopping carts. Tony and Columbia, don't forget about the seniors, too. Their sports careers may be over, or would they be given another year of eligibility? Tony, uh, and the next message we have also says, how will this affect an athlete's eligibility? So, my assumption, and you know what they say about assuming, is that an extra year of eligibility will be granted to those who were participating in spring sports. It won't happen for basketball because basketball was at the end of its season. But for baseball teams who have played a quarter of their season, I would assume an extra year of eligibility will be granted. Greg Sankey tells, sorry to interrupt, but I found this interesting. Greg Sankey told Paul Feinbaum, I am surprised we made a decision in March not to hold baseball and softball events in June. I'd love to know what went into those decisions. Yeah. So the NCAA made a decision without discussing with one of its major conference commissioners? With any of its major conference commissioners. Yeah, that was the most telling part of that to me. Just him. It naturally, I mean, you would think if you were the NCAA, you would talk to the commissioner of the league that has the most riding on baseball and softball. But, you know, that would be the logical thing to do. They're making unilateral decisions, and they're making decisions out of panic and fear. They're not making decisions because they are the right decisions to make right now. You've heard the name Dr. Fauci, right? The uh, the foremost um, doctor in terms of... I, I, I'm butchering his credentials, but he is like the disease expert on the planet has been the advisor to six American presidents. Did he call Mark Emmert up and say, you know what, you probably ought to go ahead and cancel the College World Series and the Women's College World Series in June because of what's happening in March? Doubt it. Doubt it. Boy, I feel jaded right now, but maybe this was the only way the NCAA could collect on their insurance policies is if they canceled everything. I wouldn't put it past them. All right, so let me go back to what Tony in Columbia was asking with regard to eligibility. So, sure, yeah, I mean, I think the NCAA, because they'll be looking for a win, and a press conference is going to say, yes, we'll grant an extra year of eligibility to all spring athletes that were affected. Here's the problem. Baseball programs, softball programs, lacrosse programs, golf, 
all these spring sports, tennis, they've already signed classes for next year. The recruiting work is mostly done for next year. So what about your precious little 11.7 scholarships for baseball? You're going to tell coaches that, oh, yeah, your guys that lost a year of eligibility, they can all have that eligibility back. Good luck figuring out the math on that. There's nothing you can do. What would the solution be? Allow the teams to have more players on their roster for one year? But... that just that doesn't make any sense. And I don't envy the people that have to make that decision, but as you said, just the blanket, yeah, we'll do it. Win the press conference, everybody will give them rounds of applause, even though that's only like a quarter of the actual battle and the problem here. Mark Emmert is a buffoon. And that's the nicest thing that I can say about him on the radio. Mm-hmm. 100% ceasefire text line, more. 100% total overreaction. I mean, there are lunatics out there that will physically take up arms and attack the NCAA for that decision. Think about the gaming industry. Mike in Oxford, punch in the gut? Nope. Steel-toed kick a little lower. It just it doesn't. I mean, don't you think they would use other leagues as precedent? My, I mean, my goodness, the NBA has players that have the virus, and yet they haven't gone this extreme yet. Michael in Poplarville, wow, feel bad for you guys. How are you going to fill your programming block? We're going to work our rear ends off to make this show as interesting as it can be. We're going to try to make it about you. We're going to need your help, too. We're going to be creative, but we're going to have to have you along for the ride. To answer Richard's question from earlier, yes, my little girl's 10 and under soccer has been canceled until April. Here's one pretty simple. It's stupid. Tim in Columbia. That's just crazy. It does make more sense to just postpone everything for a month or so and then continue. If they grant another year of eligibility to seniors, it still means they can only have so many players on the roster, which could possibly hurt the freshman class coming in. Yes, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So am I understanding this correctly? No college baseball this year championships yeah that's correct but what they have not said publicly yet is the NCAA just effectively canceled the entire spring sports calendar they didn't put it on hold they didn't use the same wisdom that the NBA used when they said we are suspending the season and they will continue to evaluate it they said we're done We're going to take a long vacation. We'll see you guys in August. Huey and Raymond says, I guess you guys can talk about fishing and turkey hunting for the next 30 days. Man, Ole Miss baseball was looking special this year. Huey, there is a, like I've debated on, you know, tweets about with levity, but I've been thinking about this since this morning. It's the clever, most clever thing I've come up with today. It would suck to be a turkey or a crappie in Mississippi right now. (laughs) Because you just gave a lot of free time to a lot of people. (laughs) Derek, there will not be enough scholarship money to go around for the seniors. Yep. This is really sad. 
for so many different reasons. We'll continue to get to your text messages. Would the NCAA have the foresight to offer more scholarships for a year or two? No. Charlie Hussey, Deputy Commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, will join us after this break. We'll have a quick conversation with him coming up in just a bit and hopefully can uh, can get a little more clarity on what's going on. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online at supertalk.fm. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Thursday afternoon. A crazy day in the sports world. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Scott Rippey. Let's go right to the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Charlie Hussey is Deputy Commissioner and Chief Operations Officer for the Southeastern Conference. Charlie, I, I know you were at the SEC tournament in 2008 when it was canceled. Um, I, I guess that's the only thing maybe that can compare in terms of the SEC and sports to what we've gone through in the last 24 hours or so. Is that accurate? Um, yeah, Richard, I guess so. But the only, I guess, one correction there is it was not canceled in 2008. We just uh, had to amend our, our plans and policies. And as you recall, we moved the tournament from the Georgia Dome over to Georgia Tech yeah. and uh, played in front of a reduced crowd where uh, Georgia, who was a low seed in the tournament, I forget which seed they were now, but they were, you know, in the back half there, actually made a run and uh, one, in fact, played uh, two games in one day and won the tournament. Yeah, I misspoke. It's almost like there's been a documentary made about that or uh, or something. So, so yeah, the but oh but the God. craziness that went along with that is the only thing, at least in terms of the Southeastern Conference, that I can kind of think of in in the short term that compares to the last 24 hours and it's so drastically different certainly in in the time that i've been at the sec so um the tornado tournament as you referenced was 2008 i've been here since 2000 uh mark womack who's on our staff executive associate commissioner uh has been at the conference for 40 years and so we often ask him about historical events and uh history of the conference and he puts three in that in that uh, in that uh, category: the tornado, this tournament now, and then if you remember back, the Carlos Groves Shaquille O'Neal incident that happened in Birmingham. Um, I guess back in the late, I guess it's ninety eighty nine, somewhere in that time frame. Yeah. So short amount of time with you, and maybe we can talk about this in greater detail. I'm, I'm really fascinated about the the flow of information and how yesterday kind of proceeded. But of more immediate news, the message came from the NCAA just a few minutes ago that all remaining winter and spring championships were not being postponed, were, be, were being canceled. So no Women's College World Series for softball, no golf championships, no College World Series, which is obviously of huge importance here in the, the state of Mississippi. I, I think Greg Sankey said just a little while ago on Paul Feinbaum's show that you guys didn't know this was coming. Is that accurate? That is accurate. Um, there have been a few things in the process that we uh, were not aware of, but if you want to walk back from a timeline perspective, um, and the situation, you know, with that news coming out just shortly ago is still pretty fluid. Um, our athletics directors have been, uh, which is actually fortunate in some respects, we're, we're here in Nashville. We had a regularly scheduled meeting yesterday. Uh, we had a lot of uh, lot of items on the agenda. But as you might imagine, the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, dominated the conversation. 
uh, and some of those agenda items will have to, uh, to wait for a different time. But from a timeline perspective, yesterday we were we were in meetings. Certainly, some of our institutions had already announced some alterations to class schedules, to some uh, online learning opportunities. Uh, but we were in contact with local health officials here in Nashville. They gave us no reason to uh, believe that we should alter our, our tournament um, from a safety perspective uh, for the public health or for or for our, our teams. Um, but then yesterday afternoon in NCAA, uh, the COVID panel that they put in place came out. It recommended against hosting large gatherings. Then shortly after that, the NCAA, NCAA comes out for the basketball tournament and announces they're going to implement some attendance restrictions. Uh, you had uh, Dr. Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, come out with information, the World Health Organization. Yeah. So all those things led to a, a, a meeting of our presidents and chancellors yesterday where we made a decision to conduct the tournament after the games yesterday with only essential staff and limited family and credentialed media in attendance. And that certainly felt like 2008 we were planning for the, uh, the tornado in the tournament. So then fast forward, about the same time that announcement comes out last night, the NBA you know, has players tested uh, positive for the virus. They make a decision to suspend play. In addition to that, you have some student-athletes in the Southeastern Conference. I think that, uh, rightfully so, expressed some trepidation about traveling and competing. And so we got together again this, this morning with our ADs and presidents, and based on that, uh, made a decision to uh, to cancel the tournament and suspend regular season competition through, uh, through March 30th at this point. All right, so you announced through March 30th, but with there being no College World Series, which means no regionals or no super regionals, is college baseball effectively over, or is there a scenario where you could still play some of the regular season? Well, we'll get our athletics directors together um, in short order, and we'll have those conversations. I've, Like I said, Richard, the, the, this is still pretty fluid. I've told, I've not seen it yet, the Big Ten has already come out and made an announcement that they're going to follow the lead of the NCAA we have not done that yet. Um, we'll have more conversations. Um, certainly, uh, you know, in our footprint, fans uh, love athletics. The student athletes want to compete, and so we just want to make sure we're making the best possible decision with all the information at hand. So, I'll have to defer on that answer. I just I don't know yet, but uh, we'll get our ADs together and and uh, continue the conversations. Charlie, really appreciate you making a few minutes for us. Uh, I know there's a lot going on, and look forward to talking to you in more detail very soon. Appreciate your time. Sounds great, Richard. Thank you for the time. That is Charlie Hussey, Deputy Commissioner of the SEC and Chief Operations Officer, still in Nashville. You heard him say that no decision yet has been made. I think maybe the SEC's got an opportunity here if uh, they don't want to follow the lead of the NCAA to still host the SEC tournament. and Heck, might as well crown a national champion for whoever wins the SEC tournament this year. Take a quick timeout. Keith Carter joins us next. Oh, yeah. Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Scott Rippey, Haydad is off today. Keith Carter joins us right now, Athletics Director at Ole Miss on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. That's Mississippi Farm Bureau. Keith, you haven't been the AD at Ole Miss all that long, uh, and yet you've gone through a bunch in a short period of time. My guess is there's nothing that quite prepares you for the last 24 hours. You were in athletic director meetings at the uh, at the SEC tournament yesterday in Nashville. What was it like yesterday as all of this was unfolding in real time? Well, you know, Richard, it was um, 
it, it was interesting because we we went from kind of having a plan, you know, of attack early in the morning, and then after after lunch, uh, you know, after the NCAA made the announcement that they would, uh, you know, host the, the championship with no no fans, and then we had to pivot, and and obviously late last night had some conversations, early this morning had some more conversations. And uh, I've just never really seen anything, you know, move as quickly and and uh, and change so quickly as, as this thing has over the past 24 hours. And so, you know, obviously with the news of the last 30 or 45 minutes, just so so disappointing for our student athletes, for our fans, just for for everyone involved that you know this has come to this. And so, um, you know, just 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 not happy, frustrated with where we are. Certainly know that we got to you know, take precautions and, and take this thing seriously. But, uh, you know, to see to see what has transpired here over the last 30 or 45 minutes is just, you know, it, it, it's devastating to, to so many people. Well, and here's what I need to understand. And if you're not aware of the news of the last 30 or 45 minutes, the NCAA announced uh, via tweet uh, and put Mark Emmert's name on it that uh, all winter and spring championship events would be canceled, not postponed, but canceled. It, Keith, it, it feels like this was a unilateral decision made by the NCAA without consultation. I know Greg Sankey was on Paul Feinbaum's show a little while ago and said that they were not aware of that. We just talked to Charlie Hussey less than 10 minutes ago. He reiterated the fact that that decision was made without the SEC's knowledge and that no decisions had been made at this point about the remainder of the baseball season after that March 30th date. How does the NCAA make that decision without talking to anybody about it? You know, that's a great question, and and I think uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna get back on a on a call with the ads. I believe in the morning, uh, first thing in the morning, and, and that's something I'm gonna I'm gonna ask about. Is there a way that we can we as the SEC can go back and, and try to get this back on the table because we've got three months before the College World Series. You know, it just it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that you would make this decision now, uh, one without consultation with any of the conferences. But then, you know, also just, just in advance, you know, three months in advance of, of, of the tournament. So, uh, you know, is there a way that we can lobby to get it back on the table? Let's wait two weeks. Let's wait a month before we make a decision. Uh, I'm going to ask all those questions tomorrow because, you know, it, it's about the student athletes. At the end of the day, you know, we got student athletes that are, that are in tears. We got coaches that are in tears, you know, because of this news. And, and ultimately, again, we have to take the coronavirus and everything that's going on there very seriously. And take precautions around that, but at the same time, we got to factor in, you know, why we're in this business, and that's that's for student athletes. We want to protect their health. We want to make sure that they're safe. But at the same time, you know, they love to play. They love to compete, and and that's important to them. So we'll we'll look at all of that tomorrow, I'm sure. Let, let me ask you this, and and maybe this is a conversation that we should be having privately. But I feel like this is the the entire state of Mississippi is so incredibly invested in college baseball. And I'm not just talking about all this. I'm talking about Mississippi State and Southern Miss and junior colleges and high schools, and people care about it so much. So if the conversation is there to be had, why not champion the idea that okay, maybe they're canceling the College World Series, but we play in the greatest league in the country, and. We now have four weeks on the back end of the season that people would have set aside anyway. Let's push the season back four weeks, play the SEC, and then let the SEC tournament be for kind of a de facto national championship. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, first and foremost, I think we try to get, you know, the, the actual College World Series back on the table. But I think if it doesn't, then, then maybe those conversations happen. Um, you know, as you mentioned, baseball is so important. And our, our other spring sports as well, but... You know, baseball's been that sport in Mississippi that, you know, without having a professional team, 
Um, you know, it's just the spring. People love to get out to the ballpark and, and watch, you know, our teams play. The teams, again, this year are, are very, very good. And, and so I think it's just kind of a gut punch to everyone that, you know, it's going to have to end early. But um, we'll explore every option we can, Richard, to try to keep playing baseball and other spring sports. Um, you know, at the same time, trying to be precautious on, on all the things we need to do around the coronavirus. Yeah, and obviously the public health issue has to come first. But, I mean, I, I, I guess, and this kind of feels like the point that you made to, to begin, why do you make decisions about June on the 12th of March? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I think if you look at other other organizations, I mean, the NBA, they suspended their season, but they are, you know, monitoring and, and trying to get more information. And so, to me, that's, that's kind of what we should do, too. And, and so I think that will be the large part of our conversation tomorrow as we get the ADs together. Uh, you know, I never uh, thought I would spend so much time with the ADs as I have. We, we spent a lot of time together in the last 36 hours, and, and we'll do it again tomorrow. But uh, that's okay. That's what that's what it takes, and, and we're going to do everything we can to fight for our students and our fans and, and everyone that's involved. Uh, practically, um, Ole Miss Athletics sent out uh, an email earlier today about um, season ticket holders, ticket holders for individual baseball games, because that's the one where tickets are bought in advance. Uh, obviously, it's not belittling any other sport. What what happens going forward for those folks that have already bought season tickets and made donations to get certain seats to go along with those se- the the tickets? What's the kind of what are the steps that happen there? Well, f- firstly, we we are going to fully refund anyone who had a an SEC tournament uh, ticket book for the basketball tournament. So that'll happen first. Um, secondly, for, for anyone that has bought any ticket to, whether it's a season ticket, individual game ticket, uh, we will give them the option to, to be fully refunded as well. So, um, we're, we're going to give people options there. Um, you know, we, we may, uh, give them the option to, to forward that credit to next year. There's some things that we're going to look at and we will get that information out to folks. But, um, we obviously understand that, that, uh, if you're not getting the product that you paid for, you should, you should get some relief on that. So we will, we will be getting that information out as soon as we can. Keith Carter joining us, athletics director at Ole Miss. He's on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Can can you take us inside that room yesterday afternoon as the meeting with all of the ADs and the administration from the SEC was in place? And I mean, you texted me yesterday that it felt like about every 15 minutes something was changing. How, how did that go down? Well, like I said, you know, we, we had a full agenda of, of things to talk about. This was a regularly scheduled meeting. And we, we started off talking about coronavirus. We had kind of a plan in place that included, you know, playing the tournament with fans, playing our home events with fans. Uh, and we spent about an hour on it and we moved on to, to a couple of other things. But then when we came back from lunch, um, it, it really took a turn. And it was really after the NCAA made their, their announcement that they were going to host their tournament with no fans. It put, it put pressure on, on everyone else to, to really do the same. And, you know, you start seeing other conferences do it, and, and, and obviously we, we made that decision. Um, and so that, that changed really quickly. We, we had a conference call as late as 10.30 last night. Um, it, was, it was a very fluid situation. And then we get up this morning, and, and things, you know, totally change again. Uh, and then obviously, you know, uh, with, with what happened in the last hour with the announcement that everything is canceled. So it went from kind of a best-case scenario of, of, of playing the games with fans, obviously being very cautious and, 
and, and paying attention to hygiene and different things to, you know, we're, we're not playing sports anymore, you know, about 24 hours later. So uh, I, I'm really shocked at how fast it moved. And, um, you know, for, for me being a young AD and, and, shoot, even for the veteran ADs, it's something they've never seen before. And so we were working with real-time information and, you know, felt like we needed to make a decision that was in the best interest of our students. And if that was, was playing without fans, you know, that, that was maybe the appropriate thing to do. Uh, hated it for our fans, you know, the people that, that want to watch and be there and support. Uh, but ultimately, we have to protect our student-athletes and our coaches. Uh, but it just feels like this latest round of decision-making may have, have taken it a little too far. Keith, what about the, the local economic impact? Uh, and, and this is not unique to Oxford. It's the case in Starkville. It's the case in Hattiesburg. It's the case in Auburn and Fayetteville and Baton Rouge and everywhere else. But when you cancel you know, five regular season major event weekends and then you lose the possibility of a regional or a super regional, there's a very, not to mention the fact that students are now not coming back for the entire spring semester, it's an unbelievable local economic impact. Yeah, it's devastating. You know, I hate to use that word twice in, in the same interview, but it really is. You know, for our for our little town and, and the things that, that we hold dear, um, you know, Mayor Tannehill had a statement that, that basically stated just that, that, you know, this is going to make a major impact on our, our economy, our community. Uh, we are a true town-gown community. You know, it, Oxford is Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is Oxford. And so um, I feel really, really bad for for local business owners, everyone that's involved in, in Oxford and, and making making Oxford great. Um, but you know, we we've got local partners too, Center Plate and, you know, others that are that are, you know, having to figure out the financial impact of this. And so um, it, it's a big issue, you know, and, and obviously, you know, without with not traveling, with those are there's charter companies, there's different, you know, bus companies, a lot of people um, are hourly workers that help us with gates and um, concessions and, and those type of things. I mean, those are real dollars that they need in their pockets. And so um, it, it, it's a big impact. And, and I think we're just trying to, again, wrap our arms around all of the things that this is going to mean, the impact of what this is going to bring to, to our campus and to Oxford, you know, and ultimately probably some unintended consequences that we're not thinking about. So um, it's a really big deal. And, you know, I'm hoping that there's there's some way to get some of this back on the table to at least try to you know, put a little light at the end of the tunnel for, for us and others and, and our town, and uh, we'll fight for that for sure as we move forward. Keith, really appreciate your time. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thanks, Richard. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Scott Rippey. We are glad to have you along. Borky, do you mind calling Keith back? I had one more question we needed to ask him, and I know we just ran out of time and kind of ran into the break. Uh, We'll give him a call right now and follow up uh, on something quickly. Glad to have you along. A lot of pertinent information in the last 25, 30 minutes here on Sports Talk Mississippi. We talked with Charlie Hussey, and he confirmed what Greg Sankey said on Paul Feinbaum's show a little while ago, and that was the fact that the Southeastern Conference was surprised, did not know the announcement was coming from the NCAA to unilaterally, well, I guess that's the decision was made unilaterally, to get rid of the winter and spring sports championships. Those have all been canceled according to the NCAA. Now, Keith Carter told us a second ago uh, that the SEC, and Charlie Hussey told us this as well, has not made any decisions beyond March 30th, and that he believes there will be a push 
to maybe try and get that decision overturned or at least reevaluated. Keith, this came up earlier in the show today, and I appreciate you jumping back on with us ju- just for a minute. People started asking eligibility questions. If you end spring sports and you don't have any spring sport championships, according to the NCAA, what is that going to do to eligibility? Are you going to give an extra year of eligibility to those who are affected? And that sounds great in a press conference, but that presents all... I mean, you used the word a couple of minutes ago, unintended consequences. It feels like that opens up just an unbelievable amount of unintended consequences in terms of roster management and scholarships allowed and all those things. Can, can you speak on that idea at all at this point? Well, pro- probably not in depth. Um, you know, we've been so on on actually, you know, playing the games and, and figuring out a way to, to make the games happen that you know, out as, as much as we need, and we will do that in the coming. But yeah, you got you got seniors and you got people that you know, as of right now, have played their last game. So is there a way where you could lobby for them to come back? You know, as you mentioned, even if you win that, then all of a sudden you gotta you gotta figure out you know how you allocate scholarships and, and those type of things. So. Um, again, I, I think there's going to be several of these that are going to pop up that, um, you know, you make this decision and then all of a sudden you've got all these things you've got to deal with and, and figure out. But certainly that's a big one. Um, and I know there's a lot of, a lot of seniors that, that are not ready to have played their last game. And, and, you know, they're going to, they're going to lobby for more time or, or get attorneys involved. Actually, who, who knows? And so all those things are going to have to be vetted and, and sorted through. And we will do that. We'll do everything we can to, to protect students, but it, it will cause some challenges for our coaches as they try to manage their roster. I say it would be impre- incredibly complicated because in the case of most spring sports, the recruiting is pretty much done for next year already, isn't it? It's down the road for sure. And so, you know, you've got to make decisions. If you've got a you know, pitcher in your bullpen that's a senior and he gets granted an extra year of eligibility, you know, he, one of two players has got to get a scholarship got to come from somewhere and yeah a lot of, a lot of, of situations there that we have to work through and, and out and you know again at this point it feels like those are not conversations we should be having you know we should be figuring out a way to play the games and so I, I hope that we can get that back on the table all right Keith thanks so much for your time absolutely have a good afternoon all right you as well we'll talk to you soon that's Keith Carter athletics director at uh, Ole Miss I, I just wanted to get to that eligibility question and you, you heard his answer they're really not far enough down the road Everything at this point is extremely immediate, right? I mean, things are happening so quickly that you, you can't have answers to everything uh, right away. So we will uh, we'll see where this goes. Whew. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming online at supertalk.fm. I, Borky, I, I tweeted a second ago that... Based on the comments from Greg Sankey on the Paul Feinbaum show, Charlie Hussey and Keith Carter on Sports Talk Mississippi, Mark Emmert and the NCAA acted without consulting anyone to cancel the College World Series. CWS is in June. It's March. That that was the tweet. And what I almost put on the end of that tweet was unbelievable. But it's not even remotely unbelievable when you talk about the NCAA. No, and we've had a couple of people text in and ask if this was going to be the catalyst that that ends the NCAA as we know it. And that's 
way too far down the road, but this kind of incompetence at the top has got to make you wonder how they're handling literally everything else. It just None of it makes any sense. And these are people that are supposed to control all of college athletics. And the, the point of that, it, it's compounded by what we've been talking about for a few days now, is the, the economic impact, the dependency that college towns and cities across this country depend on athletics to function. People depend on them to put roofs over their head and foods on their table, and people make these kind of rash decisions without cons- without even talking to other leadership in their organization. It is just it's inexplicable nonsense. It is a sign of incompetence, and I, I don't know what can be done, but something needs to be done because this harms a lot of people. And when you have rash decision-making like this on times when you need the strongest leadership, imagine what day-to-day operations are like. None of this is acceptable at all. But on the flip side of that, the NCAA tournament is responsible for about 85% of their entire budget. So, I mean, they're hurting themselves greatly as They well. have a insurance policy. There's that- an insurance policy to cover it. Now, in fairness... The majority of that money does come back to schools and conferences. And, and, and so it's a good thing that there's an insurance policy in place. Now, <laughs> how the money is distributed that would have been allocated for this year's NCAA tournament, because the way it works is everybody that's in the tournament gets a share. And then when you win a game, you get another share. And you win another game and you get another share. And so, you know, whatever the share value is, I I, I don't remember. I I want to say it was somewhere in the $150,000 to $200,000 per share range. And you start adding those up and they go to the conference and then the conference distributes them based on whatever their distribution policy is. And so that's why it benefits the SEC when multiple teams make deep runs in the tournament. And that's why it's such a big deal to get you know, as many teams as possible into the tournament. It's not just about prestige and bragging rights and giving teams a chance to go win a championship. It helps the entire league financially when you advanced, when not only you get a bunch of teams in the NCAA tournament, but then they ban- uh, they advance deep into the tournament as well. So I have no idea what that distribution will look like this year, but I guess the money that they lose on the event will be filled in. Um, Peter Burns and I are thinking the same thing. Joel Klatt tweeted this. Joel Klatt from Fox Sports. I understand and agree with decisions to suspend events in the next 30 to 50 days. However, the NCAA canceling the College World Series right now how about reevaluate May 1st? Peter Burns says, I do wonder if it has to do with the insurance policy. Yeah, so do I. So do I. My question is whether or not we can ever definitively find out the answer to that question. Because if we can definitively find out the answer to that question, then guess what? We can stop joking about the idea of, oh, the NCAA doesn't really care about student-athletes. 
they only care about their pocketbook. If we can definitively find out the answer to the question about canceling the College World Series and the Women's College World Series in March, when those events happen in June, based on whether or not they were going to be eligible to receive a full payment from an insurance policy or not, then it's no longer conjecture. It's no longer hyperbole. It's no longer exaggeration. It becomes a real, provable thing that they don't care about student-athletes. They only give lip service to caring about student-athletes. I believe schools do. Coaches care about their players. Athletics directors care about their players. Conference commissioners care about their players. The NCAA cares about its bottom line. And they fight at every single turn for things that could be good for their quote-unquote student-athletes. We're going to take a timeout. Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming online at supertalk.fm with you. Be right back. So the Jazz were playing at Oklahoma City last night. Teams were on the floor warming up. Game was about to begin. Team doctor for Oklahoma City, I believe it was, came running out onto the floor asking the officials to delay the start of the game. They did. Everybody was in a bit of a holding pattern. It then became apparent that Rudy Gobert was nowhere to be seen. He was apparently not in the arena. And it's because they were running the test to see if he was indeed coronavirus positive. Turned out that he was. They canceled the game. A packed house uh, at Oklahoma City. And... Borky, what was it? Uh, the Pelicans were where? In Sacramento? Sacramento. And and that was a bizarre scene, too, because that game wasn't supposed to start until 9.30 our time. And so this Gobert-OKC situation happened uh, a couple hours before this was supposed to start. And on top of that, they decided to let that arena fill up and have fans in the arena. And they were telling them that they were going to play even after – the NBA announced formally that they were suspending the season. The the original press release was after this game. So you're going to play, but tomorrow nobody's going to play. And it it was actually, the the Kings were warming up and and ready to play, and New Orleans wouldn't leave the locker room because somebody, I don't know how you come about this information, but somebody learned that one of the officials that was supposed to officiate their game had most recently officiated a Utah Jazz game. And so when the team found out, they were like, first, this doesn't make sense to begin with, but we're not leaving the locker room now. If you pulled this team off the court and one of their players has coronavirus and this official most recently officiated a Jazz game, we're not coming out. And so they ended up canceling the game because of that. And on top of it all, what we've learned is the Jet, or it's more than a Jet, uh, the the big what is it a seven thirty seven yeah seven seven thirty seven I think um, is what it is that that the Jazz used to get to Oklahoma City was used by Memphis and was used 
by um, Orlando recently that these officials had officiated another game a day earlier. And so you had all these layers that start with Rudy Gobert, the seven foot two French center for the Utah Jazz, and the amount of teams that just his diagnosis, if you will, uh, touched in just a couple of day window uh, led to all of this explosion of of cancellations and worry and stuff last night in, in the NBA. It was a bizarre just two hours because I had a pregame show on getting ready to watch the New Orleans game and they're sitting here going through all of this that's happening and then they cut to the, the television and, and color analyst on the sideline uh, of the game in Sacramento and you hear them announce that the game's been canceled and then the whole crowd starts booing them. And so these guys know that a jazz player just tested positive for coronavirus and people are booing on the court that they're sitting on. It was just a wild scene that I've obviously never seen before. Yeah. So you had the Rudy Gobert story and from Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN, uh, he said last night, jazz star Donovan Mitchell has tested positive for coronavirus. League sources tell ESPN, Jazz players privately say that Rudy Gobert had been careless in the locker room, touching other players and their belongings. Now a Jazz teammate has tested positive, and you certainly have seen the the viral video of him earlier in the week touching all the microphones of the reporters and whatever. I mean, clearly he didn't know at that point that he had coronavirus. But... He also wasn't taking it seriously at all. Yeah, probably shouldn't and have done that. But were any of us until yesterday? I, I have a feeling... If, earlier this week it began to become more real. Yesterday was obviously the tipping point. My week started yesterday. It's kind of a weird time to walk back into the... <laughs> yeah. It was a weird day. Fair enough. But if you... I mean, if your league has told you to keep away from the media... I mean, this was after they had that mandate of you can't be within... I think it's eight feet of the players. You see it on the video. He is far away from the people asking him the questions. Like, after you get that provision, maybe don't touch everybody's stuff. But, of course, he didn't know. It's just... It's amazing how he does that. One day later, it comes out that he's sick and he's got to miss the game. The yeah. next day, he tests positive for coronavirus. So that means when he touched all those, he had it. Alan Shipnuck, who covers golf, says Augusta National is preparing for the worst. Says he just got a text from an Augusta National member, and the quote was, I believe the tournament will be played. Discussions are ongoing. Limiting patrons seems likely. Might be none at all. Closing practice rounds, canceling the par three, everything is on the table. Expect an announcement next week. I have a feeling if anything remains, we're going to play it even without fans. I think the Masters is the most likely, right? I mean, they're playing the players. What was it, two nights ago they had a full-on concert Uh on the area around the 17th hole? I mean, they didn't even restrict fans today, did they? They're starting that tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. But pictures have shown that the fans have kind of re- restricted themselves. People aren't showing up today. I don't know. I mean, maybe not in the same numbers as normal, but 
There are people all around 17. Oh, they're still out there, but I did see And this a is the end of the day. I mean, it's 545 yeah. Eastern time at this point. Now, the inconsistency piece of this, um, and that's the most fascinating part of it all because you've got the NBA, who seems to be the most measured in all of this. You've got the NCAA that's just canceling everything, even though it's months away. You've got NASCAR, who's going to do races without fans. You've got the PGA Tour that was basically forced into kicking their fans out and did it kicking and screaming. Uh, I mean, the the difference in decision-making, what do you make of all of this? And I, I, I know we're not all medical doctors, but who do you think's right? Like, what would be the most, in your this opinion, is not- the, the best approach to this? This is not answering your question directly, but I think we're seeing once again that the leadership of the NBA is the best in professional sports. Now, the NBA or the NFL obviously gets to sit this one out, at least for now. They're still going to start the league year, but they're taking coaches off the road for evaluations. Scouting, making making scouts stop travel. But but think about what the NBA did. The NBA recognized that it was a big deal. I don't know if this matters at all. Sorry, but that all kind of along the lines of what you're talking about. Follow, uh, the Premier League released a statement that all league matches will continue as scheduled. Really? Yes, that is uh, as of with fans fifteen minutes ago. Uh, Porky, I'm not a soccer guy. Had uh, the Premier League been playing empty stadiums already? Oh, I don't know. No, La Liga had. Is that what is? That's Spanish, I think. That's and, another league. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant. Oh. Yeah, there's like La Liga, <laughs> which is in Spain, I think, and then the Bundesliga, which is in Germany, and then the Premier League, which is UK. I'm surprised by that, especially because you have now a professional soccer player in Europe that has tested positive. I'm surprised by that. My wife and I have been texting back and forth some during the show today, just about you know different things that are going on. A, an announcement from the Oxford School District. I mean, they're they're closing school Monday and Tuesday of next week, but the only re- the, the reason they're doing it that way is the governor has not declared a state of emergency. And neither the Department uh, of Education nor the State Department of Health have um, demanded schools be closed. And so Oxford has a couple of days that are built into the calendar later in the year where they're going to make up Monday and Tuesday and give a little while longer. I'm sure there are lots of school districts that are like this around the state. But in recent years, Oxford has started doing uh, an overseas trip for different age groups during spring break. And so you've got a bunch of Oxford School District students who are currently in other parts of the world. It's obviously a little unsettling and a little concerning as they come back and you know get integrated. So we were texting about that and some other things, but she just texted me something. And I think this... Well, you gotta, you got to realize, Jane, one, is a lot smarter than me, and two, she's got a pharmacy degree. So she kind of understands the medical piece of this. She says, I pray for the morale of the country. Our world cannot shut down over a virus that is mostly causing the modern-day cold unless you're elderly. She's not prone to hyperbole.
There's some real truth to that. And and you can you are actually allowed to say that out loud without being a coronavirus truther or downplaying the severity of it. We are looking at a global shutdown because of fear more than because of this actual virus. Oh, XFL suspended. Sports Talk Mississippi. I told Jane that I read her text on the air that it made perfect sense, and she uh, told her that she was getting many kudos on the text line. She said, add to the elderly immunodeficient, add that or I'll burn at the stake. So immunodeficient in there as well. Um, George in West Point says he has already semi-quarantined himself. So there's already one case in Louisiana. I'm not fully quarantining myself, but have cut away uh, way back on going places where people are, making sure I'm 10 feet away from people. What? See, George, I think that makes sense. Not out of fear, but out of caution. And it's not that you're not trying to give your germs to someone else. It's you're trying to avoid the germs. I mean, I don't think locking yourself in your home for the next two weeks is necessary. I think that is an incredible overreaction. But I think not intentionally spending time with large crowds of people is probably a wise decision. So, you know, the great outdoors. Enjoy it. Rippy, you said you're going to play golf this weekend. Seems like a good place to spend some time, although I think it's supposed to rain all weekend. No, it's not. It's baseball season. It's not going to rain. <laughs> 70 and sunny every day. Somebody sent a text. Social distancing and avoiding crowds. Hmm, been training for that my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> well played. So for someone who's admittedly somewhat ignorant on what's happened in Europe with regards to sports, haven't it's seemingly been worse there in terms of the outbreak and they've gone mostly with empty stadium events? Is that correct well they're shutting everything down now at least in a place like italy it, it's it's a full-on shutdown and i i, I mean I, yeah, I parts of italy borky have basically told all businesses they have to close the only businesses that are open are grocery stores and pharmacies and if you and and medical facilities right and if you leave your home to go to any of those places you've got to file paperwork to you know, kind of state your intentions and who you are and where you're going. I've seen videos of masked and armed guards outside of apartment complexes. I mean, just pacing. If you try to leave, you have to go through them first. It is, it's crazy. And I am not going to get into the like the political information side, but there is somebody that that does this that I follow on social media that. Um, I know is giving at least information that they are being given from accurate sources, and they say that if you use the, we only have this many cases in America, it's not that big of a deal, um, that's short-sighted because we don't have the adequate testing to know for sure. I know the state of Ohio, they had a press conference because they're shutting down schools for at least, I think it's three weeks. They anticipate that they have right now 100,000 cases. They just can't adequately test for it yet. So that's where the the panic is coming from from some of these people. It's not that it's just created out of thin air. It's that they have no idea because they haven't tested everybody that they think may have it yet. 
that's where all of that is coming from. <laughs> they say the more tests that are administered, the more cases we will see. It's that simple. They're already there. We just don't know it. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Of course that makes sense. I've had a lot of people ask me already, so what are you guys going to do? What are you going to talk about? And partly, we're open to suggestions. No, not, not partly. We are completely open to your suggestions. But we've got some ideas that we're floating around, and, and we're, you know, we're going to do a combination of some crowdsourcing. If you have an idea, because look, I mean, today, tomorrow, Monday, we're going to be talking about the fallout and all that goes along with coronavirus and how it's affecting. And we're going to continue to bring you news. If there is news in the world of sports, we're going to bring it to you. If there's any news in Mississippi, we're going to bring it to you. We're hopeful that we're going to be able to talk with coaches from Mississippi universities, get their perspective on what's going on. But we're going to try and be creative as well. We are hopefully going to talk to a bunch of folks in the outdoors industry. We're going to try and bring you some fishing reports, and we're going to try and bring you some hunting reports. We're going to reach out to some of the folks that are doing TV shows or radio shows around hunting and fishing and and try to have them. We are attempting to kind of go back through our archives and find some of the greatest games that have been played by Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Southern Miss in various sports, play you some of that audio and try to provide some context for what was going on and visit with some of the players maybe that were involved in some of those. So we're kind of whiteboarding ideas right now. And if you've got some ideas, we're open to hearing from you. And sports, not sports, we're going to cover the news, we're going to cover sports, but we're going to try to have fun. And we're going to try to, over the coming weeks, however long all of this continues, we are going to try to entertain and just kind of make this a show about life. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll take a quick time out, 5 o'clock hour when we come back. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon, wherever you are, however you're listening. We appreciate you making us part of your afternoon. Don't forget you can always get the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast on demand wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's from Apple or Google Play or Stitcher or... um, Oh, I don't know. Wherever else they're available. Wherever you you get them, you can find it. There you go. Wherever you get them, you can find the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast. Anything you missed, including our uh, relatively brief conversation with Charlie Hussey. That was at the end of the 3 o'clock hour. He's Deputy Commissioner of the Southeastern Conference and confirmed that uh, nobody at the SEC knew what was going on uh, about the NCAA announcing that uh, winter and spring sports championships would all be canceled. Um, which was echoing the sentiments of uh, Greg Sankey on Paul Feinbaum's show earlier today. So you had uh, you had that. We also had a, a good conversation with Keith Carter 
athletics director at Ole Miss about what it was like kind of being in that room with all the ADs yesterday and uh, talking about the uh, the impact on uh, spring sports student athletes at uh, at Ole Miss. So a lot going on. You can go back and you can hear those. You can also get the Thunder and Lightning podcast and the Rebel Report podcast. And always you can go to supertalk.fm and uh, listen on demand, on the go, Supertalk Live app, however it's easiest for you. Borky, can we get to a college football fix? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess uh, I guess we have to, but man, kind of feels weird today. Let's uh, let's give it a shot. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out about the best-selling trucks in America. That's F Series, specifically the F one fifty. Forty three years is the number one selling truck in America, plus all the other great deals that are going on at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Stop by and test drive one today. I guess the story about college football is the fact that uh, spring practice is now very much up in the air. Multiple spring practices have been changed or moved at this point. Uh, Ole Miss has announced that it will push the start of its spring practice to March 30th. Um, so Ole Miss, who was scheduled to play the Grove Bowl, uh, its spring game on April the 18th, uh, I guess that's now up in the air as well. Yeah, and that so, has since changed, actually. Um, no timetable has been set. They're just pushing it back until, at least according to Ole Miss football on Twitter. All right, so to be determined as far as uh, spring practice goes for Ole Miss, uh, haven't heard anything at this point, or at least haven't seen anything from Mississippi State. I don't know if that has been determined yet. Have you seen anything on that front, Borky? Uh, I have not. Okay. So we'll kind of stand by and wait uh, in terms of uh, spring practice, spring practices locally. It becomes more challenging when you tell your students that, hey, uh, we're doing online classes and alternate education forms. So if you missed the announcement from the IHL, all eight public institutions in Mississippi are extending spring break by a week. So next week will be a second week of spring break to allow uh, professors time to kind of implement their strategies for uh, online or alternative learning measures. And uh, those will begin, is it March 23rd? Does that sound right? Yes, that does sound right. I think March 23rd is the date that that will begin uh, and it's all online, so there will not be any on-campus classes for any of the eight public institutions in Mississippi for the remainder of the spring semester. And we don't know about summer school yet at uh, at this point. So uh, that's kind of where we are. Southern Cal has canceled or postponed their spring practice and spring game. Illinois, Notre Dame, Kent State, that list is growing minute by minute. Uh, Michigan is one school that's already canceled its spring game. All of the Ivy League schools have canceled their entire spring sports calendars, period. So um, this is a work in progress. And look, for Ole Miss and Mississippi State and a bunch of other schools that have got first-year head coaches, this is a really big deal. Yeah, you'll If have- you eliminate those 15 practices in the spring... I mean, that, that's the time where you're putting in your new offensive schemes, your new defensive schemes, your philosophies, your terminology. Are you going to allow 
fall camp to now start on July 1st if spring practice goes away for everybody? That's a good question. And you'll have some people that say that all all college football coaches just hate spring practice. And maybe, like, generally, sure. But especially with the way you have to recruit now, and with Ole Miss even on top of that, because you imagine that they would have liked to have been active in the transfer portal after spring. Well, if spring doesn't happen and you are an entire new coaching staff with new schemes and you don't know what you have, how do you know what to go get? (laughs) Porky. Man, I don't know. (laughs) That's what they have to deal with now. So what do you do? Do you... Extend the calendar, let them have summer practices. I know they limit the, and that's a joke in and of itself, they limit the amount of contact a coach can have with their teams over the summer because nobody breaks that rule. Um, But do you extend the calendar? Do you let them have a fall camp that has, I don't know, eight weeks? That seems crazy to even consider that. So, I mean, what do you do? This is... Like you said earlier in the show, this idea that, oh, you can just give players eligibility, or oh, you can just do this, um, is not rooted in reality. The the snowball effect of decisions that are made, it, it could spill into football, which isn't for, um, I don't know, carry the two, like six months from now. But it's impacting it some way. Yeah. What about recruiting? The recruiting calendar sped up. I mean, there, there's a December signing period. You have official visitors, or you're supposed to, this time of year. They come watch your spring practice. You evaluate them. You have camps. Those don't happen anymore. And you don't really have official visitors in the summer because you, you can't. I mean, the football operations aren't there. So, do you adjust the recruiting calendar? I mean, these are all questions that have to be answered. And I have zero, less than zero, negative percent confidence in the people that have to make those decisions. Yeah. If if you would like to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. Don't forget about the Ceasefire Health app. That could be really big right about now. You can avoid the waiting room with Ceasefire Health. Download the telehealth app today and get treated by UMMC clinicians right from your phone. Now it's just $29 per visit for everyone. With Ceasefire Health, anyone in Mississippi, anyone in Mississippi, regardless of who your phone carrier is, can get treatment for non-emergency conditions like fever, coughing, and more. Even have prescriptions sent to your local pharmacy. Download Ceasefire Health and try it for just $29 a visit. Learn more at ceasefirehealth.com. 
Morky, you brought a uh, a little bit of uh, feel good to the Twitter feed earlier today. Yeah, the was, Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter feed, and it was received quite well. Yeah, I was having a little bit of fun just to ask people to send pictures of their dogs, and uh, we had a few cats and a uh, uh, a possum mixed in as well. So, uh, a pet possum? I, I guess probably a stock photo on Google. I didn't dig that far, but yeah, we had a a, a pet possum thrown in there as well. It was a good day uh, on uh, on Twitter, trying to just lighten the mood up a little bit. I did see that um, Jason sent us a uh, picture of a snake. Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. Yeah. Take a quick time out. We've got more coming up with you. It's Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Random, right uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, random quick story. Kevin Love uh, is donating $100,000 to the arena staff for the Cleveland Cavaliers to help supplement their soon-to-be lacking income. That is fantastic. We'll be right back. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi on one of the strangest days, strangest couple of days that I can remember in my lifetime. In terms of sports, this is unprecedented. I'm kind of rewinding to the first hour of the show, Borky, when I, I said that sometimes we use unprecedented and surreal and unbelievable and amazing, you know, those words too often. But this is a, an event or a series of events unlike anything that we've ever seen in sports. And you tweeted something last night that got a bunch of reactions. Yeah, I I just said this is the strangest day in sports news since dot, dot, dot. Got a ton of reaction, none of which, and I'll throw this one in there to start, is the day we found out a Heisman finalist had a fake girlfriend that died. (laughs) I mean, do you remember when that broke? I, I think it was BuzzFeed, right, that broke the story Man, that... We're talking about Manti Teo and the whole catfishing thing, right? Yeah, that uh, this this story that that kind of vaulted him into everybody's hearts was that he, he had this girlfriend and she died and he was playing this season for her and then you find out she didn't exist at all. And I mean, he was telling stories about the first time he saw her and all this stuff and... She never existed. That's one that didn't get brought up in this thread, but that's the one I first thought of initially was the day that a Heisman finalist had a fake girlfriend that died. Hmm. I mean, that's like a mad lip. What were some of the other responses? Uh, this is another really good one. Tiger Woods crashing, running into a mailbox, and then the unraveling of why he crashed and ran into said mailbox in the fallout from that. That was crazy. Was that Thanksgiving night? I think so. I think it was Thanksgiving night when that happened. More than a decade removed. Had uh, a jokester that said uh, Bruce Jenner uh, turning into Caitlyn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, SMU's death penalty announcement. 
See, that, that was what, 1980? I think so. That may not that may not be the exactly exactly the right year. Tyler and Brandon says the Dale Earnhardt crash. In fact, Ben says the exact same thing the day that number three crashed and died. 1987. 87. Is when SMU got the death penalty. Hmm. So I turned seven in November of 1997. That was, and I'm not being flippant when I say this, but that was a little before I started closely following college football. Mm hmm. I was about, I don't know, I was about nine or ten when I really got engaged. I, I knew it existed, obviously. We moved to Oxford in November of 1988. So I was, had just turned eight when we moved. Lived in West Tennessee before that. And, um, so, you know, there was Tennessee football on the radio, even in extreme West Tennessee at the time. And that was kind of my only exposure to, to college football at that point. And then obviously that exposure grew pretty dramatically. Once we moved to a college town in North oh, Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, hate to derail this conversation, but remember a few minutes ago when Rippy told us that uh, the Premier League was going to play their matches as usual? Yes. Arsenal's head coach just tested positive for coronavirus. Half an hour after the Premier League made the announcement that games are going to be played as scheduled. Wow. Yeah, I saw the release from uh, the Premier League just a bit ago. Uh, so you had Mark Stein that tweeted the uh, Premier League statement. Following the latest update from government issued this afternoon, all Premier League matches will go ahead as scheduled this weekend. While the Prime Minister advised that all sporting events should take place as normal for now, he also indicated that government is considering banning major public events like sporting fixtures. We are therefore continuing to work closely with our clubs, government, the FA, EFL, and other relevant stakeholders to ensure appropriate contingency plans are in place as and when circumstances change. I have a feeling they just changed. I think circumstances just changed. And that's the crazy part. Is I mean, These are people, he and, and Rudy Gobert and then uh, Donovan Mitchell, it, the question is where did they get it from? Because even though they travel and stuff, I mean, professional athletes, NBA players, are in very controlled and protected environments, and they have the best access to medical care, and they have all their food prepared for them by professionals, especially when they're on the road. They don't have the regular contact in offices like we do. I mean, they're they're in a far more controlled environment. Where did these guys get it from? It's a global game, man. They go home at night, right? Yeah. They go home, they go out, they go to dinner, they travel on planes that other people have traveled on, they stay in hotels. It's everywhere. My good friend Glenn Waddle sends me a message. He says, Spanish flu and World War II also wiped out sports previously. When was the Spanish flu outbreak? 1918. That was a little bit before our time. So we had 1918, and then did World War II knock out two calendar years of sports? War lasted technically September 1, 1939, through September 2 of 1945. 
obviously the United States became... Well, the United States was involved before the attack on Pearl Harbor. But December 7, 1941 was the year that changed... But that was the date that changed everything for the United States and its involvement. Yeah. And I guess to a smaller scale, I mean, at least locally, Hurricane Katrina derailed sports in this immediate region of the country. Yeah, well, and, and the attacks on September 11th as well of, of 2001. How old were you when that happened, Borky? I was nine. Okay, you were nine. I was a sophomore in college. And so the attacks happened on a Tuesday morning. And it was maybe Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning when it was announced that there would be no college football played on that weekend. And I remember being initially angry because you know you're taking away what we love and we got through that weekend so the attacks happened on Tuesday so you went a week and a half it was I guess nine days later you had the Thursday night game when Mississippi State hosted Memphis and that was the first college football game post 9-11 and it was an unbelievable patriotic celebration. But again, we, we were talking about, you know, nine days to two weeks being without college football. And while the world changed forever, that particular college football season really wasn't affected. I mean, it was affected for a weekend, for a week and a half, and then the season resumed, and the first weekend in December when normally you would have conference championship games, you instead had um, first Saturday in December, you played the final regular season game, which was the game that was missed during that week earlier in the season. They just pushed everything back a week. But no disruption like what we're seeing now. Oh, no, and then sports kind of became the, not kind of, uh, they were the galvanizing factor. Yeah, I mean, most. People... I'm sorry. It was it was Mississippi State hosting South Carolina. They had Memphis on another Thursday night game in years prior. It was it was South Carolina at Mississippi State. It... Thanks, Stephen, for the uh, the correction. Back then, but yes, Borky, you're absolutely right. In the same way that in Super Bowl 25, when you had the first Gulf War conflict going on or the, the, the Gulf War, that unbelievably patriotic Super Bowl at the old stadium in Tampa where Whitney Houston sang the national anthem and everybody had those handheld American flags, the smaller versions. And it was a celebration, and it was a galvanizing moment for sports. We're not going to have that moment, at least with college football, until September. And... College baseball season is very much in question. The NCAA has canceled all postseason events for winter and spring sports, and so no college World Series, no women's college World Series for softball, unless the SEC and some other leagues decide just to play ball on their own.
Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Really appreciate your interaction. Hundreds of text messages have come in since we got started at 3 o'clock this afternoon and also a lot of interaction on the Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter feed at Sports Talk M-I-S-S. If we have not read your text on air, it's not because we don't want to or it wasn't interesting or compelling. Just been the volume is uh, is too great. Question, if the SEC commissioner... Greg Sankey decided to let the SEC baseball teams just play one another. Would that be overruled by the NCAA with their decision not to play? No, it's highly unlikely. Just curious. The NCAA would not have the authority to overrule the SEC. Schools and leagues have the ability to make their own decisions on that front. The SEC has not made a decision. They are, at least for now, standing by the date that uh, March 30th, uh, is when they will kind of reevaluate and make decisions about going forward. There's a lot that will go into that. And I don't think you're going to get the answer to that question in the next couple of days or the next week. I mean, I, I think from a leadership standpoint, Greg Sankey, I mean, obviously they will be discussing things with athletics directors and presidents and whatnot. But I think Greg Sankey, from a leadership standpoint, will say, guys, let's let this play out a little bit. Everybody's doing things very, very quickly. What's the rush? Basically, everybody in the SEC has told their students not to come back. There's going to be online learning. Most everybody's extended spring break for another week to kind of get their minds around how they're going to implement all of that. And you got a little bit of time to make a decision. The NCAA has the ability to cancel its championship events, which it has done. All winter and spring championship events have been canceled by the NCAA. So spring 2020 will not have a college baseball, a softball, individual tennis, team tennis, golf, National championships, lacrosse, whatever other spring sports are out there. They will not declare national champions based on postseason competition. You've got some leagues that have already shut it down. So we're not done. We're not playing anything. But that decision has not yet been made by the SEC. And you heard Keith Carter, if you were listening earlier today, say that he was hopeful that Maybe they could get the NCAA to walk that decision back. I'm not sure that we're going to see the NCAA walk anything back. But I think there's at least a possibility. I think there's a discussion that is going to take place among leaders in the SEC where they go, well, okay, we don't have a College World Series. But we do have the best baseball league in America. And we do have an incredible tournament set up in Hoover. So let's play the season. Maybe it's an abbreviated season. You know, maybe instead of 10 weeks, you go seven weeks or eight weeks or six weeks, you know, whatever that is. And then you play it out in Hoover and you get a little bit different feel for the SEC baseball tournament in Hoover this year because that'll be it. That would be the end of the season. 
I mean, I mean in we're, theory, we're, you could push that back a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, and, but you could push that back a couple of weeks, right? Because every team has planned, even on their schedule, to make it to the College World Series, right? They yeah, all I mean, have four more weeks, Borky, if you get all the way to the end of it. So if you have to take a four-week break, just add it on to the end of the season, play the SEC Championship in early June, and there you go. It, in a fantasy I love world, that idea. I mean, assuming... Assuming that we've gotten to a point where it feels like it's safe to do that. And they wouldn't go about it any other way. Yeah. Let me be clear about something for a second. I am not against canceling the College World Series and the Women's College World Series for softball and all the other championship events. If it is necessary... What is not necessary is making that decision on the 12th of March at the height of the panic, at the height of fear. There's no reason to make that decision on March 12th. None. You can make that decision on April 1st. You can make April 15th even a jollier day. It's tax day. You can make the decision on April 15th. You can figure out whether or not we're going to get to a place from a public health standpoint that you feel comfortable playing another month or six weeks of the college baseball season and then decide there. Hey, Borky, even if you say we can't spread this thing out over four weeks this year. Regional, super regional, college world series. You could say we've gotten a month of the college season in. We're going to be able to play the last four weeks of the college season. So instead of having a 14-week season, we're going to have an eight-week season. And instead of having a field of 64 it's going to be a field of 36. I'm sorry, 32 this year. Or it's going to be a field of 48, like, like the old format. You, you could make changes without eliminating the season. And you would, you would make those changes based on need. But you don't know what the need is today. You don't know today. Which is so, why the rational thing to do is what? Just wait. Calm down. There's yeah. no hurry. There's no rush. There are lots of things going on right now that there is a rush for. There is a rush to have the capability to do more testing for the coronavirus. There is a rush to make sure that those who are infected are given the care that they need. There is a rush to make sure that the most vulnerable among us, our older citizens, those who are immunocompromised, are protected as this virus is kind of exploding. There is not a rush to decide whether or not to play the College World Series in June in March. Just not. And anybody that tells you otherwise is wrong, or they have an agenda. And there is far too much of that right now.
Um, Tomorrow at 6 on the Gallo Show. Well, yeah. It's, that's just the most rational thing. It's just incredible that people that make seven-figure salaries or more to govern athletics can't quite figure that out. It's truly mind-blowing. I just In a fantasy world, the if things do calm down in a few weeks, the SEC says, hey, we're going to play baseball against each other. And then maybe like Oklahoma State calls, hey, guys, can we play too? And then Virginia calls. Hey, we're, we want in. And then suddenly you have a, a own little season that you create on your own and play. And then you realize, hey, wait, maybe we don't need these people to organize events. And thus oh, now, the ball now, starts now you're rolling. Crazy. Now you're getting crazy. <laughs> I know, but man, wouldn't that be great? Um, it is going to be very, very difficult for us to give you the Pearl River Resort pick of the day because there is nothing to pick right now. We do remind you that our friends at Pearl River Resort offer a great place for a getaway, whether it's golf at uh, Dancing Rabbit, a fantastic dinner at Philip M's, the gaming that's available at, uh, at the Golden Moon. Silver Star, concerts that come through there, the water park in the summer. It's an incredible getaway for you and your family. It can be kind of a short getaway. So when you feel comfortable traveling, when you feel comfortable getting to those places, make sure that Pearl River Resort is uh, is on your to-do list. Whether it's uh, a family weekend or uh, maybe just a little getaway weekend for friends or for you and your significant other, be sure to think about Pearl River Resort, Golden Moon Casino, and don't forget about the sports book at Timeout Lounge. I can assure you when the games begin again, they will be ready for your action.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.